raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Okay, we got Fiddy back in the building, baby. He is back on the middays, and I think it's a sign when Fiddy's back on the middays that we have to begin the show with some kind of sports argument before we hop on the mic. That's what was rolling. We got Colin before he exited the studios, and we had a big. Yeah, I hadn't old... ever seen Colin that fired up before. Well, but this is this is the Colin Hoggard rage that we can get every once in a while, though, and it's a beautiful thing. I love it, and we got it when we started talking about Kevin Garnett. Because I I got the drip today. That's right. As Wes would say. He put out a photo on social media at mm-hmm. Wes and Walker, at Walker Mail, at Wes Bryant underscore 72. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, he caught me clown facing a little bit. Just, you know, I was doing some weird stuff with my face. And, That's uh, not weird. You had that face to, like, yo, this is clown fire. show. Yeah. He decided to put that. On social media, <laughs> but trying to gas me up. It's all love, but at the same time, it, I'm doing a weird thing with my face. And you can go check it out for yourself. Yeah, Walker's and, and overly climb. critical, man. He's worse than a supermodel. It's like everything is like. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, maybe IG model. <laughs> maybe when Willie comes on, you can ask him how to take better photos because we know this guy poses for photos. That is true. You're right about that. We have Willie P on a little bit later in the show, twelve one forty five, I should say, one forty five to be exact, to talk about Charlotte FC, and we can get some photo tips. At least I can. Wes yeah. doesn't need them, but I need them. And this is all to say with Willie. Now, he's upside down. Have you ever seen the people on social media that actually do tutorials for that stuff for people to look at, like poses? Like, my girl has sent me, like, couples poses before. I'm like, yo, we got to practice this. I'm like, nah. Practice the couple's photo. Yeah, poses. I was like, nah, we're not. We're not. That, that doesn't sound like fun. That, like, that's some that. Monica Geller stuff when her and Chandler go to take some some wedding uh, photos. Well, yeah. I've gone to that example a couple times, but to make fun of myself, shocker, because... I'm Chandler Bing. Once the camera is on me, I just can't find a normal face to bring to the camera. I just can't smile. It's the resting high face, resting THC face. That's what I have. And here, I know I'm being more critical of myself, but man, you put it out there on social media. But all that to say, the reason we were all arguing is because I love KG. We've talked about Kevin Garnett every once in a while. I got a Kevin Garnett sweater that I'm wearing for the first time because... We're bringing out, or I should say, the sweatshirt and starting to dress for the colder weather here. And then Colin and Fiddy, as I brought it up, hey, do you think Kevin Garnett is overrated? He said, oh, hell no. He loves that Minnesota team and those teams where they were able to get to the Western Conference Finals the one year, but just a fun team, right? Just a random team that you loved watching back in the day. And Fiddy went to Tim Duncan being better because... He has all these rings. Well, he said they were peers. Like, but, no, they're not. One's a, 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 the best power forward of all time, 
and one had to go to Demon Boston Deacons. and play with two other Hall of Fame caliber players to get oh, a ring. No, no. One ring. That's an awful argument. Here's what I'll say. It's Hall facts, of Fame, though. No, it's so. Yeah, let me it's tell not. you, like, what's what's amazing. I don't want to get into a mid 2000s basketball debate. Right. But what is happening here is he just called, you know, he, <laughs> I thought he was going with Minnesota at first saying Cassell and Sprewell were Hall of Fame caliber players. But then he's going to Boston when Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker are both literally in the Hall of Fame. Because right. they played with Tim Duncan, though. Would they have been Hall of oh. Famers had they not played in San Antonio with Tim Duncan, the best power forward of all time? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. <laughs> and I can't prove it. Look, he's back. Right. He's back. <laughs> yeah, you Ginobili, cannot stop him. Yeah, Ginobili, one of the five, six greatest foreign players ever playing the NBA. And, and Tony Parker, too. He was a second-round pick, though. That don't mean nothing. So, I mean, it wasn't like he entered the league with the expectation of becoming a Hall of Famer. Right, but that means the league missed. And they were dominant players in their country, though. But KG definitely catapulted Minnesota to levels they had never been and haven't been since. They just couldn't get through. And then he went to Boston, and he was a catalyst for them. They don't win a championship without KG anchoring that defense. Come on now, Fiddy. Gen Z giant Drew who also agrees that KG is overrated, is shaking his head right now, listening to his radio like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yes! KG is overrated! Tim Duncan is way better! He has rings! It's the only argument I need, Sean! He's got rings, baby! Now, look, if you want to have the argument, I know this is completely off-topic and not relevant. As the We're best, leading our show with this, by I, the way. I mean, I'm maybe, sorry. He, he may be the best defensive power forward I've ever seen. Like, like, like KG as a defensive anchor, yeah, he, I mean, or center, whichever one you want to call him, okay. his defense was legit. All right, well, I'll take that. Honestly, I'll take that for all the love that it is. But I mean, how many, <laughs> how many offensive moves? Do, I mean, don't. He was yeah, nasty he, for the mirrors. Now he wasn't as offensively skilled as Tim. Duncan, exactly. I won't say he didn't have as many moves, but KG was still nice offensively. But he didn't have as many moves as Timmy D. All right. Right. I don't want to get too far down the road. Hey, it's here. NBA season this week. It's, it's apropos. It is. Yes, October 25th, a little over a week away. The Hornets will tip. Oh, dang. I'm off. Against the, yeah, not this week. I thought not TNT for the Hornets, was, at least. Uh, tonight, actually, but that's next Tuesday. Yeah, and then the Hornets get back in action in the regular season. It used to be a traditional day, man. When I was in college, we used to order Chinese. NBA opening night, man. It was a big deal every year. That sounds like a great day. Yeah. Just watching the NBA, going in, getting some takeout. Yeah, man. Ready to. Or delivery uh, for cars. Sounds like a show outing next week, you know. We just go over to someone's house, eat some Chinese, watch some uh, hoop. Yep. Tell your people, Fiddy, we're coming over. All right. Let's pull up to the scene. (laughs) Mr. Bus Driver, he is back. Let's open up the doors and get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. We got the news yesterday that Frank Reich was handing over play calling duties to offensive coordinator Thomas Brown. Frank Reich also talked about how this was always going to be the plan, that it wasn't just because they started 0-6 that he was always going to hand over play calling duties to Thomas Brown, especially at the bye week, because it does make sense if you're to hand him over towards the bye week. You get a little bit more 
practice time before you actually have the first game as a play caller against the Houston Texans. Let's get some audio rolling in here. Cameron Wolf talked about Thomas Brown becoming that play caller for the Carolina Panthers. They love Thomas Brown's potential as a play caller. He called plays in the second half of every preseason game, and like he's done in every step of the way, he's blown Frank Reich away with that ability. So it allows Frank Reich to take a step back and really allows Thomas Brown to, to push Bryce Young. And I want to tell you a little bit about this because Bryce Young's going to be a great player in this league, but he has to be coached. And there's some elements of him that they want him to be more urgent, to play faster. He's got that California cool vibe bottom. Thomas Brown's going to push him. Thomas Brown's going to get him to be the quarterback they want him to be and to fix some of the issues they have with this offense. And so he's going to get a couple weeks to plan with this bye week, but expect a different level of intensity, a different level of speed when Thomas Brown's out there leading this offense and calling plays. We got a stank face from Wes. We got more <laughs> debates. I can see it coming, Wes. Tell me why you got the stank face. Yeah, because I'm just sitting there like, well, what the hell was Frank Reich supposed to be doing all this time? If it's going to be more intense, more aggressive, he's going speed him up, then that tells me Frank Reich wasn't doing his job. Like, sometimes when people come out and, and have some of these quotes and they say some of these things, like that looks bad on Frank Reich if that's the case. If it takes Thomas Brown becoming the OC for Bryce Young to play faster, play more urgent, play more aggressive, then, then what the hell was Frank Reich over there doing? That, that's my only question. That's why I had the stank face. When he said that, I'm like, huh? I'm like, well, <laughs> what was Frank Reich supposed to be doing? Well, this is the conversation we had with Stephen Holder. Frank Reich's just not a high-intensity guy. Frank Reich, he said he also wouldn't call him a player's coach, but this isn't the type of guy that's going to be all out, intense, in your face. And we had that discussion, what, a couple weeks ago when we had Stephen Holder on, ESPN NFL writer, formerly covering the Colts and knows Frank Reich pretty well. Thomas Brown does sound different at the podium. He does sound a little bit more like, I demand your respect. It's not a conversation. It's a, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you how it is type of way. Yeah. But also, I'm not, I don't even mean that in a bad way. Here's what I hope to see. Because I don't want to see a crazy different offense. I don't think that helps Bryce if you're trying to implement a very different offense after he had already gone through offseason the way that this had, gone through preseason the way that he did with Frank Reich. And Thomas Brown was calling plays for him a little bit. So this isn't coming out of left field completely. You do have some experience. But I just want to see the play get in faster. I don't want to see, and this is what we saw in the last game, apparently, that we were trying to get just one play in. We were going to simplify things for Bryce Young here in Carolina. I just hope Thomas Brown does run some tempo because they did notice that's when Bryce Young had been playing better, when they ran tempo, when they got the play in a little faster. So hopefully that's just happening a little more frequently with Thomas Brown as the OC. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. And I don't think the offense is going to be vastly different. But, yeah, I, like I said yesterday, I feel like he's probably got some things in the chain, but it he's been ready to unleash that he feels like this offense is capable of. And so it's going to be a fascinating plot. And I think it adds some freshness to this season because once you get to the point where you're 0-6, fans are very much in a malaise about everything. And so now you have this storyline to kind of latch on to, to monitor, to see it gives you a reason to continue watching this team. All right, let's go to another soundbite before we move on. I did want to play this from Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer. He hopped on the Kyle Bailey show yesterday. And here he is discussing why the play calling change could actually benefit Bryce Young. I think this is them doubling down their belief that he is not the problem and that the play calling is the issue. This is a way of saying, hey, you know what? The first thing we did didn't work. Let's try another thing because clearly this kid has potential. And if you watch the film, he's showing a lot of progress week to week. And that's not just blowing smoke. I mean, if you watch that first half, 
I mean, he was sensational. He was accurate. He saw the field very well. He went through his progressions. He got rid of the ball quickly. And I think, you know, he's got this processing ability. I just think he needs the right play caller for him. And I think Thomas Brown's a really sharp guy. He's a great communicator. And if, if all goes well, Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, Bryce Young can all be here for a really long time. Devil's advocate would be, here's Mike Kay making the case for maybe having Frank Reich still call the plays. If he is showing all of this progression, if he is getting better every single week, he plays certainly the best quarter of his NFL career in the first quarter against Miami. And now we decide to change play calling duties. I get what Mike Kay is saying. But you're also are you the way he's arguing, you could have asked me, hey, what do you think Mike Hayes' opinion is on this? And I don't know if I could tell you with clarity he's actually in favor of the play calling change or he's against the play calling change. Yeah, I mean it was tough to tell right there. And like you said, he was uh kind of making that point if Bryce Young is continuing to progress, why would you make the change now? So um, you know, there's some things that make sense during this season and some that don't, man. And so that that quote right there, it, it's a little bit confusing. But again, here we are. Thomas Brown's going to be the guy calling the plays. And is Bryce Young going to continue to progress or is he going to go leaps and bounds? Yeah, and I like Thomas Brown a lot on the staff. Like, I'm excited to see what's going to happen because there's got to be some difference here. If he's going to be the one calling when these plays are going to happen out there on the field, even if he is a part of the game plan, I'm excited to see what that looks like. Anything changing is going to be fun for us as a media member, but also a fan base that's watched an 0-6 football team. I just hope it happens for the better. I got two questions for the text line, okay? We got football-centric question. We got fun question. Football-centric is, what's your general reaction with the play calling change happening going into the bye week. What's your reaction? You can text us at 704-570-9610. The other is, what is your favorite all-time video game team to play with? I don't want, like, the championship Lakers. I don't want Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls, the historic teams that they put on 2K. I want to know, like, Minnesota Western Conference Finals appearance So you team. want niche teams. Yes. That's what you want. Yes, 100%. Like Golden State back in the day on NBA Live 95 yes. with Chris Webber and Latrell or, and Tim Hardaway. Or like my favorite to play with was Run TMC over there in Golden State. I want the okay. niche teams, as Wes put it. 704-570-9610. We're off and rolling in a big way. Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We have a hell of a start to our Tuesday show here on Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We led the show with a power forward of the mid-2000s debate. 
Then we got to best video game teams of all time, but they have to be niche or niche teams. Are you a niche or a niche guy? Niche. I feel like I go niche too. Niche teams for video games. And then we also were discussing the play calling duties being handed over from Frank Reich to Thomas Brown. So we are off and rolling big time here on Wesson Walker. Let's go to the text line 704 570 9610. Got quite a few Raiders Tecmo Bowl references. That doesn't count to me for Tecmo Bowl because that's a team a lot of people like to play with on there. Bo Jackson is a cheat code in that game. So, of course, you're going to want to roll with the I'm Raiders. I having a hard time trying to win a Super Bowl with them on there with Bo Jackson. You're still playing right now? Uh, I haven't played in a couple of months, but okay. the last time I did when I was trying to win it with the Raiders, it was still hard. All right, you're still rolling with it. Uh, Heartstopper <laughs> Harley said, NFL Blitz on Nintendo 64. I smoked everyone with the Miami Dolphins every single time with the same play. Right jet sweep to Ricky Williams. Well, tell him to pull up on me. You know what I'm saying? At the at the arcade in Concord called The Basement, and we can get in some NFL Blitz. I yeah. guarantee you it ain't working on me. The NFL Blitz, I, that was my first favorite video game, Nintendo 64. Really? Well, I'd run Hail Mary and then just have the running quarterback out to the right side and pick up 15 yards every single time. <laughs> I bought... I bought the one um, that had Charles Woodson on the front when the players got bigger. Mm-hmm. I had that one. But, yeah, man, I'm nice, man. Like, I I, I come through. I'm going to have my man running in place at the line <laughs> yes, because you can't go yep. outside. Oh, so, yeah. I'm going to have him waiting. So, as soon as the ball snap, I'm going to dive and blow somebody up. Turn the line of scrimmage off. Yeah. And then I'm blowing up your receivers, like, as soon as you snap the ball. Like, I'm every time I see somebody light up white, I'm hitting them. So totally agree. Good totally. luck trying to throw the ball. Totally agree with you. Now, <laughs> now if, you're, if you have adapted to playing that style, then maybe you can get some offensive plays going for you but you're right that is absolutely how i'll play defensively also good luck having that football hang in the air for a little bit because i'll tackle your receiver before that yeah thing hits. yeah I'm, and i love to get the extra in after the play too i keep making my guys jump mm-hmm. on you and dive on you and stuff well i love how they warn you pass interference is encouraged not only oh, no are you not question. gonna have a flag on you it's encouraged no here question. unlike what we saw last night between the chargers and i the beat Cowboys. a guy really bad at the basement in that game man i saw a guy just playing randomly and like the predator I am. I saw him. I said, hey, you want to play? And I beat him. I was up like four or five scores quickly. Wes, you're a confident guy. Very confident. You are talking cash bleep right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Let's like go. the predator I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I see an unassuming uh, person sitting there just playing again. Hey, you want to play? Yeah. He was like, yeah. He, and then he told me before we started that he was going to beat me. I said, okay. Wes, what you're reminding me of right now. <laughs> I mean, you're, it's, it's not as much of a um, Ooh, 10-yard fight. You like that too. It's not much of a much of his job as like Uncle Phil was pulling at the bars and the pool halls. But basically, you're saying you're pulling up to the stick, saying "Bring out Lucille." Yeah, no doubt. It's the hardest TV moment of my lifetime. Yeah, no doubt. It's him. Yeah, Jeffrey, bring out Lucille. That's what Wes is saying. Let's go to some of the other best video game teams that you've ever played with. King McQueen. He's saying about time. Like he's been asking for this specific question for his entire life. King McQueen said the New Jersey Nets. With Marbury on the first NBA 2K on Dreamcast. Yeah, that's a pull, that. man. Carrie Kittles, I think Kittles and Van Horn was on that team too. Look that's, at Kyle. Colin's face is just balling up right now at the nostalgia. I feel like everybody's favorite obscure player is Carrie Kittles. 
Carrie Every, Kittles was nice. Everybody knows Carrie Kittles. I'm just telling you, people people love them. And yeah. Keith Van Horn was nice too. Delvis the Rock. We got a few of these. NBA Jam, Charlotte Hornets, LJ and Zoe. Yeah, I I think if we were doing a show in Phoenix, Arizona, we'd still get that mention. We don't have to be in Charlotte for that mention. Yeah. So I'll still bring it out there. 803 has my favorite. Jay Light wrote in West Virginia Mountaineers from NCAA 0708. Pat White, Steve Slayton. 100%. Yeah, they were hard to deal with. Option attack all day with Pat White and Steve Slayton. Yeah. Option attack even when Noel Devine came into the picture. I'm running with West Virginia. Uh, Joey, yeah, I don't play Madden as much anymore. I'm a little rusty. And then Moose says uh, Vic and Warwick Dunn and Madden. Listen, when they put yep. that out, when Vic was on the cover, like dudes would get mad. Like you would almost scrap if you pick Vic. Yeah, you can. Like if you pick Vic, you was like, oh, word, you getting Vic? <laughs> we used to we used to just do the three random selections and then you'd pick which one you liked from those. That's how uh, we would play. Okay. So you could right. never you could never pick your team that you really wanted. It'd have to be with the random ones. Last one. These are my mentions, right? This is my Hall of Fame here. The '95 Supersonics throwback teams on NBA 2K. Loved running with Gary Payton, having Sam Perkins outside in game splash zone in your face. Loved it. Virginia Tech 05. Marcus Vick. Not Michael Vick. Yeah, I played with them. Marcus Vick is who I love to play with with Virginia Tech. Fiddy, how about your 08 Mets? I no, talk- the 08 Red Raiders? 08 Red Raiders is great. Yeah, no, I said Texas Tech. I don't know where you got the Mets from. I'm telling you, I liked playing with the 08 oh, Mets on MLB The Show. That's my bad. No, you're good. 08 Red, Red Raiders, though. Graham Harrell, Michael Crabtree. God. Great team. I loved getting out. I, I think I put Andy Chavez in there. And then I just have speed all over the place at the top of the lineup. And then David Wright would drive him in. Mm. 08 Mets are fun. Last NBA teams I'd roll with. 02 Raptors because I Vince Carter is my favorite. Okay. So I had to roll with Vince Carter. Antonio Davis too. Down low. Giving you the business. And then the 03 Pacers. Yeah, I was, uh, well, you know me. I'm a big star guy. So most of the time I would play with my favorite teams and the best players. But like as far as like niche teams that I like, like the Warriors, like I said, on NBA Live 95. Uh, they were really fun to play with. Uh, I'm trying to think. I'll come up with some more as the show goes. But. Okay. Yeah, we got a lot of texts rolling in, and we need to get to Second Take Tuesday. <laughs> it's the damn theme of the show. We've been skipping it for a long time here. So let's do it. Let's dig into some of the plays that we noticed, whether they were big plays that are easy, like touchdowns, or whether they were a little bit more subtle yeah. to the point where we thought they had a big impact, but they might have not been noticed yeah. by you. I'm going to blow it up real quick, though. Ricky Williams, the year he ran for 1,800, and all I did was just hand him the ball. Okay, you blew it up. You take it. What's your first <laughs> play that you want to roll with? What you got for us? All right, so when we look at it, I mean, I'm going to start off with uh, in the first quarter, 11 minutes to go, Throckmorton got beat by his guy. Bryce got hit right in the face, but delivers a 27-yard strike to Thielen. So there were two thoughts there. For one, that was a pro throw by Bryce. Uh, when you talk about college guys coming into the league and what it takes to make it in the league, that's that would be one of the clips you would show them. Can you stand in the pocket, take a hit right in the chops, and deliver it down the field? And it wasn't just a little dink. It was a uh, big-time play, 27 yards to Adam Thielen. And then it was just in my mind, I was like, yo, Thielen is really getting it in this year. He's really playing some really good football and a dependable guy for Bryce. So this is one thing I think Bryce has shown us ever since he played the Atlanta Falcons in week one. He likes to attack the middle of the field. I think that's offensive scheme, too. 
but I also think Bryce Young has done a nice job of throwing to the middle of the field. And with anybody having some size concerns with Bryce Young, he's throwing smack dab right over the offensive line in that scenario. There's not all I have to do is throw it over the tackle. If I throw on the edges, you're talking about throwing into the teeth. Now, I guess the center is shorter. So if you want to make that argument, but you're talking about a lot of defensive lineman hands going up when you're throwing over the middle of the field. Wes, agree with you totally pressure on a dime dealing with a big pickup i like that play a lot i'm just gonna go to the touchdown play the first one for carolina just a six yard run from tuba hubbard but i did want to give a shout to bradley bozeman on this play who was not good in pass protection but this is the dichotomy of what bozeman is as a center he's a very good run blocker pass protection he's not been good at it this year he wasn't great at it last year i'm hoping corbett can help him out that continuity, just the magic from it. Hoping that we get something from it. But run blocking, he's been good. And I think you saw it on this play here, Wes. So when you hand the ball off to Chuba, they got somebody coming in on a blitz right down the middle. And Bozeman just blows him up. Just drives his man back. What he does, though, to help Chuba punch it in at the very last second is he drives his man back into the way of Javon Holland looking to make that play and so it holds Holland off just a little bit for Chuba to be able to fall forward and that was the hole that Chuba Hubbard was able to roll through in order to score the touchdown just really wanted to highlight that play on they were doing a nice job run blocking off the edge nice script Frank Reich in his bag a little bit alongside Bryce Young Mm -hmm. with the run pass mix but then also the offensive line finishing what was a really fun drive to get the Panthers up on the board first and foremost. So shouts to the tough running that led them to a score. Yeah, and the thing too was, you know, rare you see the Panthers offensive line hitting people and they go backwards. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's very plain, it's very fundamental, but that's the name of the game. And to see this offensive line has struggled so much in several areas to be able to be pushing some guys back to be able to get nice gains and score that's definitely what you want yeah, to see. And, and there's not many shouts interior offensive line-wise, so I decided to give one there on the run. They appreciate that. I'm, I'm <laughs> sure they definitely do. And so uh, also, too, uh, you know, a little bit of negative in the first quarter when you talk about the uh, the first play, Icky getting beat. It was a fairly light pass rush, nothing really technical about it. There wasn't any special moves or anything done. And uh, he gives up the sack, and Bryce Young almost fumbled, really. They showed on the replay how – Uh, the ball got loose and he just happened to fall on top of it and keep the ball from squirting out from anybody else to get it. But it just continues with the struggles that he's been having this season and just you just the questions continue to linger is he a liability on this offensive line or is he going to turn it around? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I have another good play and then I got some lucky plays and some bad ones on defense. The other offensive play I wanted to point out real quickly So the first and 10 from Carolina's 26, that Bryce Young play action pass to Tommy Tremble for 20 yards. A lot of things going on there that I wanted to highlight. Just a good play. Love play action on first down. So after you had success on the first touchdown drive, Wes, then you play off of that. Mingo's in motion. I I would have liked Mingo to finish this play, but as soon as he passes the quarterback's face, he lackadaisical runs on the other side not selling it as much I'd like to see him kind of finish that if you will but it was still effective putting a guy in motion still effective so then Adam Thielen breaks in goes along with the run fake breaks back outside immediately so then here's Bryce rolling along you have a man at mid-level I think it's either DJ or or TMJ I didn't have the all 22 so I couldn't see but you had somebody run in mid-level but then he throws it out to Tommy Tremble easily going to pick up that first down 
But then this is where the playmaking is here, like from Tommy, the athleticism, the fun combine stats that we saw. Tommy Trimble makes a play, Wes. How about him just hurtling his guy, Van Ginkle, with an awful attempt at a tackle, but nice on Trimble to keep it rolling. And instead of just picking up the first down, 10 yards out, he picks up 20. Just a play call was great. Setting up the foundation for another touchdown drive. Tommy Tremble picks up 20 and you're off and rolling. Love everything about it. Every single thing about it. That was a lot of fun to watch. And the Panthers, again, they'd score with a Thielen touchdown. Yeah, I said when he made that play, I said that's his greatest play as a Panther. I mean, he gave you a little bit of a flash. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, to be able to get yak like that and to do it with such sizzle, there's no question about it. That was his greatest play as a Panther. You just wonder where has this been all of this time. We know we probably won't see it again. So uh, that was the interesting part. Or, about or optimistic, Wes. Maybe he builds off of it. Let's let's maybe let's so. view it that way. But uh, I won't. He won't. <laughs> what else you got for us? All right. So uh, the fake punt, second quarter, eight twenty-seven, uh, fourth down. The Panthers get the fake punt. They execute it. Lavisca catches the ball, tries to extend um, the football as he is questionably out of bounds they have to review it but the thing was it was about the aggression and that's the thing that I think Carolina fans have been waiting to see and longing for as far as just some type of move to say hey we're here to win and we're going to do it by any means necessary and that's all fans want to see as a team just lay it all out there on the field the court whichever one you want to say so to speak LaVisca definitely gave maximum effort right there to try and get it but I just think that this was probably one of the most, if not their most aggressive call uh, to date. Frank Reich had not run a fake punt before. So the defense, they weren't really ready for it, but they still stopped him because Hayden Hurst did an awful job picking up a block. <laughs> I was going over this play again because I figured we'd be talking about it. A fake punt, the first one ever of Frank Reich's career. I figured we'd discuss it. And Johnny Hecker has a couple of options. What's crazy, if you go back and watch it, he also had Matthias Farley, the man that was called up, the local kid, playing special teams. He was running to the left side, and I think if Hecker hits him in stride, then Farley probably picks up not only the first down, but a lot more yardage after that. But he decides to go with the real ball carrier here, LaVisca Chenault. It makes sense. Chenault has a blocker out in front. But, Wes, I I knew it was bad watching it live. Going back over it today, going back over it over and over and over again, it is such an awful job from Hayden Hurst. I mean, it is the classic red flag. Play, you know, he's the matador allowing the bowl to run right through and then go tackle LaVisca. And Visca still almost picks it up, by the way. Turn it up hard yards. Really nice effort from him. I just... Man, that's such a tone-setting play. That's a turnover on downs. You're giving the football right back to Miami after they score, and Hayden Hurst can't hold his block worth anything, and he's there. It's not like he doesn't catch up, Wes. He's right there. And that's a veteran, too. I like Hayden Hurst. I like the presence in the locker room. I think he's a real leader. We've heard about that before. But that was an awful play from him. And if we have the best one from Tommy Trimble all year long, that might be the worst one, especially given the circumstances. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at the play as well. And so the only thing I'll push back a little bit on it now, I agree with you, though, especially as he's looking at it. It looked like he was running the route. And by the time he realized LaVisca had caught the ball, the guy had already crossed his face, so then it would have been hard for him to try to do anything besides get a block in the back. But with that said, to your point, my question is, did 
did you know when you guys designed a play? Like, was there a chance where they're like, okay, Hayden, you could possibly get the ball, or this was designed to hit LaVisca from jump, and then your responsibility was to occupy the defender? And then to your point, yeah, not a great job of getting on your guy. No, and I thought about that. I just felt like once he had the ball in his hands, Hurst is there. And then he continues to run the route almost. It's like, hey, I'm, I'm oh, hell, Visca has the football, and then he just doesn't hold it. So that that really hurt them. They still almost got it, but this, that still really hurt them. Uh, maybe we can go over some defensive plays here on Second Take Tuesday a little bit later on in the show. We have some fun October baseball taking place, and so when that happens, we usually go to a visit to the mound. Not before we get to Fitty's first flash of the day beforehand. Fitty, your time, your mic for a while here. Lead us off. It's all right to be a little fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little fitty. Wow. How about them, boys? Cowboys, big spot last night, needing to respond on national TV. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Chargers in a 22-17 game. Um, and you can tell my voice is a little strained because there was a lot of yelling uh, at my room last night. I one Mike McCarthy for just egregious, crappy play calling. But um, don't, don't want to make it about Dallas itself. But it does feel like the Monday night games outside of Seattle and the Giants, the Monday night games have gotten better. And the slate's gotten better, and Monday Night Football feels like Monday Night Football like it did 15, 20 years ago. Well, it looked like that game was going to be a lot of fun because the Chargers, they didn't score one, but they scored two touchdowns on their first drive. One got called back because of an illegal man downfield, and then they just scored again with a Keenan Allen touchdown reception. Dak Prescott on the fourth and one runs it in from 18 yards out, and then not much scoring came after that. Weird game. Real weird game. It was. I'm with you. Mike McCarthy's play calling, not great by any stretch. But you have to remember Brandon Staley's on the other side, who is going to lose a game in the fourth quarter if he has anything to say about it. That guy is dying his beard to make it look more gray than it really is. I noticed that, too. I, are you just are you going with just for men? Brandon Staley did not look that <laughs> old to me. I don't know if you want to bring a little. You know what? Now that you game. say that, I think the same thing. Being the head coach of the Chargers the last couple of years, experiencing fourth quarter debacle after fourth quarter debacle will make that happen. Last thing from that game for me, Wes, you know me. I love me some Justin Herbert. Probably the worst game I've seen him play in the last couple of years. He was bad. I know he's got a broken middle finger, but he missed touchdown passes. At least three I can think of, two to Keenan Allen. Yeah, he was struggling last night, and that was the thing. That was just very uncharacteristic of him, and they had some funny social media posts. Uh, about that. And then what about the lady that they showed late in the game that went viral? I knew she was going to go viral. As soon as they showed her, I said, man, and not less than 20 minutes later, they had her up. And then when the Chargers scored, I mean, she acted like that was the game-winning pass in the Super Bowl. And then I said, man, I said, if they lose this game, they're definitely going to put the camera back on her. And they did. And she was just Dabo would Dabo would be happy to have that fan. Bring your own juice. She brought it. Oh, she brought it. Dabo. She She was ready to go. Excited. She does not need any outside help there. Let's take a visit to the mound. Coming up next, you're listening to Weston Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. 
hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. midday host here on WFNZ. Nick Wilson texted you, Fitty, about something that we're still doing even when and something that he was doing back when he yeah. was hosting in the middays. Yeah, we still use uh, old Big Daddy's uh, drive to lay out the show. And uh, and he noticed, apparently. He's So can he hear us right now? One, is he listening? I don't and know is he just checking li- us out on the drive? He must, he must be... I don't know. Do y'all have it pulled up on either one of y'all's computers? I do. I have it pulled up all the time. Do you see uh, I got a letter N up there for, for Nick uh, Wilson's? Uh, I don't see it. No, I don't think so. I guess he just checked in and then left immediately. So, yeah. yeah. We should have written a mes- message to him next time he pulls up. But I like the format. I didn't want to change it. It's so we've just dope. We've just been rolling with it this entire time. So, yeah. Sorry, Nick. I don't know if you wanted to hear about Carolina Panthers' despair. I know he's coming off of a big victory with the Browns over... West is San Francisco 49ers. So we have that for him. But we're talking about a lot of L's here still. Not in baseball, though. We're talking about some big-time games going on in Major League Baseball. We're in October. We're in the heart of the postseason. With that, we will allow Fitty to take a visit to the mound. Come on! We'll take you on right here, right now! Come on! Hurry up, batter. It's going to be a short game, and i got to get home for lunch. If I dog was as ugly as you... I'd shave his butt and tell him to walk backwards. Is that your sister out there in left field? Naked? She's naked? You think she'd go out with me? I meant to tell you, Walker, I saw this scene on my TikTok the other day. It's a great But uh, you have told me, and it's rather convenient, that your TikTok doesn't work because I send TikToks to the group all the time with like you know sometimes it's funny stuff sometimes it's audio i want to use on the show but you didn't you said they never work for you but i i was sitting there and i i started hearing the music <laughs> in the background like i started bopping my head and i was like i'm about to go visit the mound then i realized i'm i'm at home and i'm not on the radio wes is laughing at me because i think he thinks that i'm telling a lie here <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> See, our chemistry's starting to get get there well i just look at him and then uh we 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 know things because yeah when he said that i said it sounds like cat. wes is calling big cat yeah <laughs> oh, i mean i i felt like it was too um I, I promise it's not working i promise i wouldn't do you like that fitty come on man i'd hope not um um, you know, if anybody says that to you, that they're, they're lying. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just a double down liar. You know, he, yeah. When they hit you with the charisma, a pathological liar. Damn. Anything else? Dang. No. We'll talk. We'll talk about uh, baseball because the ball don't lie on the diamond, <laughs> and we're not going to go in depth about the ALCS. <laughs> You said you had a line that's pretty stupid. You're gonna you're gonna drop during the show. Oh yeah. I just dropped a pretty stupid line. All right, I got one a little bit later. Uh, but the Rangers they lead the ALCS two to nothing. They have played between their wild card round, their NLD or the ALDS round, and now the ALCS. They've played 63 innings of, of baseball in October. They have trailed for all of one out. 
And now they're two wins away from the World Series. But the question has to be asked because Houston's gone to seven straight ALCSs. They've got championship pedigree with their players and their manager. Is it safe to write them off with the next three games going to be in Arlington? I will never write a team off in baseball. Can't do it. That that sport is yeah, way too weird. It is. The, the postseason is way too different from what we get in the regular season. And you're right to bring up the tradition and the cheating. But even just them being legitimately good without electronic devices hidden beneath the shirts and the jerseys that they wear, I will say that Houston is still talented enough to get the job done. Texas, the payroll, all the talent, they're dominant so far. It's been impressive. I can't ever write a team off, though, in baseball. And the thing is, too, you know, after a team cheats and they get caught, but then they still keep winning and are still dominant, does that kind of wash away what happened? Because in my book, it kind of does. I'm like, well, yeah, Brady. they did cheat, but... They're still a dominant franchise. It's not like after it happened, they just fell off the face of the earth. Houston is no joke. I still remember many years ago reading an article about their farm system and how what they've done in recent history was going to happen. You know who else tried to do that? The White Sox. How'd that work? You <laughs> traded away uh, Giselle. We didn't cheat hard enough. <laughs> and it shows. You did in 1919, though. We didn't really cheat. You just threw away a World Shoeless Series. Joe did it. <laughs> Shoeless Joe was real, man. That's the truth. Um, let's switch over to the National League. Game one last night. My boy, Zach Gallen, former Tar Heel, not his best start. Gave up, I think, four runs in three innings as the Phillies won 5-3 to three behind a MLB postseason record. Fourth leadoff home run for Kyle Schwarber. Bryce Harper also went deep. And, Walker, I told you while we were, I was laying out my visit to the mound. I know you, 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 you freak out over baseball reference pages. You're not wrong at all. Uh, that is not an exaggeration. So do you have it pulled up? Because I got a stat for you that's going to blow your mind. Maybe not blow your mind, but Bryce Harper's <laughs> postseason OPS is third all time behind Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig's. Bam, bam. Like, that is how historic this guy uh, has been in the month of October. And it just raises the question, what would a World Series title do for his legacy? Because I said last week, he's this generation's Reggie Jackson. I have, I've heard some people say he's better than Derek Jeter was in October. I, but, but I think for that title to carry any legitimate weight, he's got to win a World Series. He's got to get one. If you can't, because it's... Even if I am not here for the rings culture that you pulled on Colin before he exited the studio, <laughs> I do think if you are going to hold the title of Mr. October, you probably got to win a World Series. You got to win another one, I would say. Excuse me. So if that's the... Well, wait, they traded him and then the yeah, Washington... No, he, yeah, he's not you're right. World Series. God, I know, that's so weird. Washington won without him. But if you got to win one, and so if that's the case, then... That's going to carry a lot more weight. But you got to win a championship if you want to hold that title, despite how dominant he's been individually. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with you uh, 100%. To get a moniker like that, we know what Reggie Jackson represents to the sport, man. And he got the dubs, he got the rings, and he had the stats. So for my boy Bam Bam, he's got to do the same thing. I did want to ask you another question real quickly. So I was reading on ESPN. The headline was, are the Arizona Diamondbacks the most unlikely team ever to earn a slot in a league championship series? And they said... So, yes, that they made the case. Does that ring true for you as well? I don't know how much history you've researched, but does that ring true for you? I would say you'd put them up there with the 07 NLCS, which featured the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies. Remember, that Rockies mm -hmm. team that made the World Series, they played a extra game in the regular season to determine who was going to go to the postseason. And, and Matt Holliday was out. I brought this up to Jeff. 
a few weeks ago when it was like the anniversary of the play. And he looked at me and he said, he wasn't bleeping out, Fitty. <laughs> yes! And I was like, <laughs> okay, Jeff. Fitty, stop <laughs> pissing off our bosses. <laughs> it's not good career moves for you. It's not. You get Colin angry, you get Jeff angry. Just stop talking about their favorite players and teams. <laughs> All right, we'll see if Fitty makes it to the other side of the break or if he's going to get somebody else angry enough for him to be fired. That'll do it for a visit to the mound. We'll come back with the 1 o'clock hour. It's the campus corner. Talk about some coaches on the hot seat. Let's do it. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.